Hey, I've had a really hard week this week. Uh, my girlfriend and I broke up, and I think it might be permanent this time. I was in such bad shape, I didn't even want to do this podcast today. But I did have a great Saturday, so I got motivated, and I thought, you know what, I can't stop life. So I have decided I'm going to make the rest of this long weekend worth it. I'm going to make it as good as it was Saturday. And th with that, I'm going to be a little bit more lighthearted in this podcast. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. First off, I want to wish everyone a happy Labor Day. Uh, so far, the Labor Day hasn't Labor Day weekend has been pretty good, and the best. No matter what happens, at least we don't have to work on Monday, and that means that next week is a four-day week. And you know what? We're also entering, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best seasons of the year. Fall is coming, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, all these days. I just love all of these days. Uh, but the week has not just been rough for me. Uh, another mass shooting um, as we speak and this one happened in Odessa, Texas. There's very little information about this event. Uh, the suspect hasn't been identified as this podcast. There have been a confirmed five dead, uh, 19 injured, including police officers. Uh, there is no um, reason that this happened. There's no, no one know, really knows what ended up happening. Uh, this is a tough one because this is a third mass shooting within the last month and the second one in Texas. Of course, we don't know who the guy is, why he did it, and what weapons he used, but the Democrats are screaming about gun control again. Beto O'Rourke even used some foul language. I guess he's really hoping that dropping an F-bomb will get him more attention, but, you know, it couldn't hurt him. I mean, the guy's got like one percent of the vote so i don't even know why he's still in the the deal but uh we're not going to talk about that because we just don't know anything there's nothing to comment on uh now let's get back uh to our weekend let's talk about us um i've had a crappy week the kind of week that highlights all my insecurities and fears uh but i'm lucky i have friends and family and that have really gone to bad for me this week. They've listened to me, listened to my whining, given me advice, slapped me around when they needed to. So I really appreciate it. The first example of this was my friend and co-worker. I won't use his name because I don't want anyone to protest him because I say in a podcast one day that uh, if a man ever had a penis, he's still a man no matter what he did with it or what he calls himself. So I, I won't use... I, I, so I, I do want to protect Dave's identity. And I'll just call him Abner. Okay. Uh, Abner got a suite and field access to the San Diego State football opener. That's kind of cool. Uh, so we walked, uh, we went there, we walked the field uh, before the game, and then ate like kings in the suite. SDSU won the game 6-0 uh, in a snoozer, but that really wasn't, it was just, we were together. It was just, we were together, we had a football game. It's kind of like the saying that uh, the worst day fishing is still better than the best day working. And it was. It was actually really nice. We had a lot of fun. After the game, we saw the Sky Show number 44, which is something that's done every year. And essentially, it's a uh, massive fireworks show. 
I didn't want to really see it, but Dave, um, Alec, no, I'm sorry, uh, Abner did want to see it. I was glad we did, uh, actually. It was the best display I think I've ever seen. And that includes displays that I've seen on 4th of July days, uh, including Disneyland. Disneyland couldn't hold a candle to this display. And it was all in the background of 60s and 70s rock. So it was really a good display. The music was absolutely fantastic. I, I, I do have... Uh, I do have video of the fireworks display and I'm put it up on YouTube and then added to my site at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com but it's going to take me a little bit because it is really a, it was a long display it was about 25 minutes these guys at uh, it's called KGB it's a, a classic rock radio station they must have spent 2 300 bucks on this this display because it was fantastic but Abner and I also talked about my girlfriend, and he's usually really quiet. He doesn't really talk about it, doesn't because he doesn't see it's my business. Even though I actually do see him as a friend, so I have no problem talking about personal stuff with him. Well, um, hard to say, but probably ex-girlfriend I should refer to as right now. Uh, but he did something that was I really needed, and just made me refocus. Uh, he made me look forward and not back. He told me, what. look at the things you are doing. Why are you thinking about the things you can't control? Which he's absolutely correct on. And I think when we were discussing the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson, I did mention that you can only control what you can control. And I, I truly believe that little discussion with Dave, and we're talking, it was literally two to three minutes. I He he made me refocus, and that's why I decided, you know what, I'm going to do the podcast today. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it anyway to kind of keep myself going. But that wasn't all we talked about. We talked about the state of sports, and I think this was probably the more important discussion. Um, the NFL has made a rule change that would allow coaches to challenge pass interference calls and non-calls. This is because of the screw-up from last year's playoff game involving the Rams and the Saints. Uh, the Rams, a Rams defensive back, interfered with the Saints receiver. Saints receiver, of course, never caught the ball. It ended up being, I think it was the last play of the game. Saints lost, even though even if he had caught the ball, there's no say he was going to score anyway. But the fact is, it was a huge call. Uh, so the NFL decided, you know, for accuracy's sake, we're going to let coaches challenge uh, pass interference calls. And now the MLB, the Major League Baseball, is proposing using robots to call balls and strikes. If you watch a baseball game, you'll notice they have a little box and it'll tell you exactly where the ball ends up going. Now, here's the thing. I'm against these changes. Not for what you might think, though. Uh, I don't care that the game will go on longer because of all these challenges. That doesn't bother me. And I do love the accuracy of these changes. Okay, you're using, you're actually using automation to figure out, okay, what actually happened. Uh, that I don't mind. What I hate about these rules is they take away the humanity in the game. Humanity is flawed, and therefore, flawed humans can cause chaos. I kind of like the chaos in the ball games. 
you might be asking yourself, how is chaos fun? Okay, so let me imagine this. Let me give you a scenario. Bryce Harper for the Phillies is batting against Clayton Kershaw, who's pitching. There are two strikes on Harper because Kershaw is awesome and Harper is way overrated. Kershaw breaks off a brutal 11-5 curveball that appears to be a little low and outside. The umpire, who's been calling it that pitch that way all game, um, rings Harper out. Harper, already a hothead, gives his personal opinion of the umpire's gender identification. The umpire, unappreciative of being placed in a gender silo, tosses Harper out of the game. It continues. Harper, incensed and convinced of his opinion about the umpire's gender choice, throws his helmet and his bat and starts screaming in the face of the umpire. Harper's manager, who I don't know who he is, but Harper's manager, afraid Harper will beat the crap out of the ump, and will end up with a one-game suspension, gets between the ump and Harper and starts arguing with the call. Of course, the manager has no idea if it was a strike or a ball, not because he's like 800 feet away from the plate, but he's going to believe his batter, who's batting 249 and is in a slump, over the pitcher, who thinks it's a strike, and is a five-time Cy Young Award winner and has an ERA of 1.79. Yes, I'm kind of assuming you folks know something about baseball. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm saying Harper sucks and Kershaw rocks. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying. By the end, Harper and the manager are tossed. After 15 minutes of screaming, and uh, the opposing pitcher, uh, the pitcher for the Phillies, Bean's a Dodger player because he's pissed off. Uh, benches will clear, adding more ejections and... The leads to, and this leads to the leading story on Sports Center and a lifetime of memories for the fans who were there watching this whole debacle actually happen. Now, mind you, nobody will even know what the score of the game was because it's irrelevant. They all had so much fun watching the fighting and the screaming and the tossing. It doesn't matter. Human imperfection and chaos, when it's not causing war is good, and it can definitely be fun for those that are actually watching these games. So I'm not exactly sure what the big deal is. But there is something more important about keeping the human element in sports. It's the life's not fair principle. So you might be asking, what's the life's not fair principle? I treated my girlfriend really well. She treated me in a way I did not appreciate, but refuse to acknowledge it. We break up, and she refuses to call, express her undying love for me, and uh, and an apology. Now, I'm unfairly alone and miserable. That's the life's not fair principle. I have a thir- Here's another example. I have a $30 pen I received as an award at my last job. I'm writing the script with it, and it runs out of ink. I grab another $20 pen I bought specifically for my writing. It runs out of ink. I finished my script with a 14-cent Bic pen, and now my hand is killing me. That is the life's not fair principle. Bryce Harper, who is struggling at the plate, gets a pitch from a pitcher that isn't in a slump, and a ball gets called a strike. That's the life's not fair principle. This is the problem with our society today. 
We try and hide the life's not fair principle, especially from our youth. They are being raised to believe that they are entitled and beyond the principle, that the principle can be just pushed away and ignored. You don't get the promotion because someone less qualified gets it? Too bad. Life's not fair. Work harder and try again next time. You can't get a face tattoo because uh, you, a face tattoo you've always wanted because the law firm that you've always wanted to work for may discriminate against face tattoos. Too bad. Life's not fair. Get that unicorn tattoo on your back instead of your face. If you get punched out on a pitch that was obviously a ball, too bad. Life's not fair. Hit it in the next at-bat. Here's what it comes down to. Bad things happen, and it may not be our fault. But we do have to take responsibility to deal with things, to deal with it. Things are not always going Things are not going to change simply because we call ourselves victims and bitch about all the bad things that are happening to us. I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. It's not my fault my son died, but it is my responsibility to deal with it and to continue with my life and to remember that I have other responsibilities in my life that cannot be thrown on the shelf because my son died. It's not Bryce Harper's fault that he struck out looking on a ball, but it is his responsibility to go back to the dugout, figure out how he can get a hit in the next at-bat, because that's what his team needs. The last thing Bryce Harper, he's not helping anybody by going out there and screaming and pitching an absolute hissy fit simply because he won bad call. As a matter of fact, he just hurt his team by getting kicked out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's that great a hitter, but he hurt his team. So that's lessons learned from my football game yesterday. I want to thank David, I mean Abner, for that help on that and making me actually come up with a topic uh, for this podcast today. But I also there was also something else that was really kind of cool that I, I watched this weekend. I watched uh, John Wick 3. Now, I really, 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 really wanted to see John Wick 3. And the sec I never got the opportunity to actually go see it in a theater. Um, I don't think my ex-girlfriend really wanted to watch it too, much, too badly. I mean, I bought tickets for it and everything, and I don't think she really was into watching it. But, okay. I waited and waited and waited. Eventually, the tickets got wet, so I wasn't able to use them. But I said, the second I saw it came out on Amazon Prime, I said, yay. And I downloaded it and watched it. And wow, what a great movie. I think this might have been the best John Wick of the three. The reason it was very easy to follow, it was insanely action-oriented. They did have those little sections in the film where uh, Keanu Reeves' character, John Wick, is, um, what do you call it, is reviewing his past and all of that garbage, which is kind of annoying. I mean, uh, he kills 48 people, and then he starts thinking about his wife and the puppy that was killed and garbage like that. But the movie, unlike the others, the movie was actually quite easy to follow. You understood what was going on. 
I had read a synopsis of it. Um, I read a synopsis of it, and I thought, this is going to be really confusing. Well, it really wasn't, because you knew all the characters, and it worked out really... It was a really, really, really good movie. The action sequences were insane, completely unrealistic. Uh, John Wick should have probably broken about 72 bones in that movie, and he, he you know, he just kept going. Uh, John Wick, uh, no handgun holds uh, 26, 27 rounds without an extended mag. I mean, it was unrealistic. It was why people are attacking him one at a time, why they're not shooting. It was unrealistic, but it was also just a fantastic movie. So uh, if you go to the website, I will actually, once I finish writing this uh uh, writing this uh, blog entry, I'll, I'll have John Wick's John Wick's preview on there, and you can watch that. There is something else I want to talk about because it's really helped me, and I, I thought I think the show I always it's a television show. It's an older television show, mid '90s is when it came out. A TV show called Frasier. For the younger audience, you're not going to know what that is. It was actually a very celebrated TV show in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, it lasted for about 11 seasons, which was a really long time, considering this was a time where they used to do uh, 25 episodes per season. It's not like it is today, where these folks do 10 episodes and then the season's over. Give me one second. I can't find my glasses. I don't need my glasses because I'm not actually reading anything. But um, I always loved the show, and I used to think the show was based off of comedy. I thought it was just really funny. And when Josie and I were together, I would watch the show at night, enjoy the show. And I've seen the series probably seven, eight times. I've seen it quite a bit. And Josie just never got it. Now, a little history about uh, Frasier. Frasier is actually an offshoot from Cheers. Uh, Cheers, I'm sure you must have heard about Cheers. Cheers was basically about a bar, bunch of bar people. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but uh, a people at a bar who used to go to this bar every day, drinking, talking, dealing with things. And it was, it was a funny show. It was a funny show. Um, Frazier was one of the characters, he's a psychiatrist, was one of the characters within the uh, Cheers cast. When Cheers ended, and it was the same thing, Cheers was around for a 10 years or so. When Cheers ended, that's when Frazier came. Frazier, the, what the story is about, what the series is about is Frazier moves from Boston, where Cheers is located, and moves back home to Seattle. And then takes in his father, who was an ex-cop and had gotten shot in the hip and was actually a little bit of an invalid. Mind you, a little bit of an invalid. He was still very wise. He still had his faculties. But he was older and he couldn't really walk. Frazier is a... Just a very uppity, very high-class individual. Very proper. His father was a Seattle cop who has a dog. He's completely the opposite. And it's about Frazier, his dad, um, Frazier's brother, and a couple of other characters that they're basically their day-to-day -day lives. Uh, it, now, here's the thing. I never, I've seen Cheers a couple times, but I've never been able to embrace it like I could Frazier. And 
when Josie used to ask, why do you sit back and you watch this show over and over and over again? I tell, I thought about it and then I realized because it's my life, it's real life, except it's funny. Um, it's about a man who comes home to his family, a family who for the most part he'd been separated from. Uh, after his mother died, um, he has to make amends with his father, and he has to help his father because his father can no longer be independent. Now that's not like my life. My dad is extremely independent, so that's. But he has to mend the relationship with his father, which is what it's about, and he's forced to amend his relationship with his father, and he's forced to amend his relationship with his. Uh, with his brother and he's changing jobs he's going from a psychiatrist to a radio host I've gone through that he's freshly divorced I've gone through that and he has to learn to be the kind of man that has to um, conform to a different way of life I mean this guy had to change jobs he changed uh, he became went from a fa went from a husband to being single, went from a day to day father to not seeing his son. Um, had to repair his relationships. Had to move to a different city. A lot of that stuff is exactly like me, and I think the reason I like this show as opposed to Cheers is I I can relate to the show. And I wasn't going to talk about this. I was never going to talk about it. I was just going to watch the show. But I realized, and I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little cerebral here, only because I'm kind of sad and things of that nature. But the reason I, I'm bringing it up is because I watched the show yesterday. I got home at about 11:30 last night, and then I watched it till about three o'clock in the morning, and then I, I turned it off and I went to bed. And I slept really well. I woke up at 7.30 because somebody started, some band decided they were going to practice at 6.30. Why anybody practices at 6.30 in the morning and why the cops aren't here telling them to tone it down, I don't know. But the show I can relate to and it makes me feel better and it makes me feel like when I am in this world, I'm not alone. This is not something that happens only to me. I don't feel like a victim. I feel like, you know what, that's just life. Life sucks. Life's unfair. Get over it. So you can say in this, sh this, this shorter podcast today, I think, the main, I think the main theme of this podcast is life isn't fair. Things are going to happen. And you're going to need to take responsibility for those things when they happen. And how you respond how you take responsibility. You can take responsibility or you can do what society is telling us not to do. Don't take responsibility for it. It's not your fault. You're a victim here. And you, you know what? I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. Josie's not a bad person. We just had issues. We didn't get along. There were problems there. And maybe it was for the best and chances are it's going to be for the best. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to embrace our relationship and think that it was one of the best relationships I've ever had. It was definitely was. But it's taking responsibility for where I am right now. 
And I, I am proud that I'm strong enough to sit back and say to myself, you know something, this happened, I'm going to have to deal with it. And uh, there, it's not the first time something bad has happened. It's not going to be the last. We'll just deal with it. So I know this was not exactly the typical uh, podcast that I, I, I do. I, I, it's a little bit different. Um, but I felt that I, I needed to do something today simply because I didn't do anything Friday. And by the way, that podcast is done. I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow just to make sure I'm consistent. I know you folks aren't actually going to do podcasts tomorrow because probably half of 99% of you aren't going to work. But I hope everyone has a fantastic Labor Day. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. So far, I'm having a pretty darn good weekend. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Uh, the actual YouTube address will be in the uh, will be in the notes of the podcast. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Runninfool, R U N N I N F E W L, and you can read the blog at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you folks have, a, again, a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.